Emerald Podcast Series. Research that makes a difference. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Series. In this episode, I am joined by Dr. Aditya Simha, author of Leadership Insights for Wizards and Witches, which is part of the Exploring Effective Leadership Practices through Popular Culture Book Series. Aditya Simha is an Associate Professor of Management at the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. He obtained his PhD in Business Administration at Washington State University, a Master's Degree in Electrical and Computer Engineering from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. His research is primarily in business and healthcare ethics, as well as organisational behaviour. Hi, Adi. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Fiona. Thanks for having me on the podcast. My absolute pleasure. So obviously my first question is going to be, where did the idea of using your characters from the Wizarding World come from? What was your inspiration there? Well, uh, I've always been a huge Harry Potter fan. I've read every single book uh, in the series multiple times. And I've also seen all of the movies. And I've been teaching leadership for over... Uh, yeah, over 12 years now. So I've been teaching leadership for over 12 years. And in my classes, I've always, you know, I, I always like to use examples that the students can connect better with. And I've used Harry Potter examples. And, you know, students seem to like it. So when the call for book proposals came out and I read that, I, I thought that was a natural fit. But that's where the idea of using characters from the visiting world in a leadership book context came about. That's great. So as you say, that makes it really relatable for for your students. You know, you can use those examples that they will be familiar with from from the books, all the movies, as you say, there's this mm-hmm. quite a wealth of material out there within the, the Wizarding World. Does that help people understand the concepts better, especially if you're teaching rather than for the reader? How does that work? Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, using concepts that are relatable, I, I think that there's nothing better than that to help someone understand and grasp uh, like a topic which might be a little complex. Uh, for instance, something like uh, charismatic leadership. Uh, it's Sometimes it's hard for people to understand that charismatic leadership can go both ways. You can have very negative consequences and you can have very positive consequences and uh, you know from the harry potter series you've got examples of both you've got uh, individuals like um, dumbledore who is very charismatic and a force for good and then you have other individuals who are very destructive i mean both the dark lords uh, voldemort and grindelwald they were both very charismatic but their charisma took you know took a very different turn a very negative turn so uh, examples like that I think they help students and I mean they don't have to be students anyone they can help anyone understand and grasp technical and complex concepts Uh, uh, you know they can help them understand them better that's a really good point because the book isn't obviously just aimed for you know students it's sort of aimed at everyone really I've read it it's very accessible it's very straightforward as well so you know it's for people who are managers 
are people who want to be managers as well, isn't it? It's it's for them to sort of, you know, they can relate something that happens to them in their workplace oh, definitely. or organisation and be like, ah, okay, you know, because we probably have probably a group of, you know, people maybe coming up to management of certain ages that might have grown up with these books and, <laughs> and these movies. Yes. So that's that's really good. I, I love how accessible it is. And, you know, even if someone's doing sort of a postgrad in sort of management leadership areas, I think it's a really, really useful title um, for them as well. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so how, how did you go about your research? Was it was it tough, you know, revisiting the books and rewatching the movies all the time? Was that hard? Oh, this was frankly the most fun I ever had doing a project because I, I got to reread all the books again. And, you know, it like without that guilty feeling like, oh, I'm not doing my work. Hey, I am doing my work here because I'm reading the material that I'm going to use in this book. So I, I don't think the research was, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was tough because I really enjoyed doing it. It it was. I mean, I I did have to reread it, but like you said, it. I mean, if if you enjoy doing something, then it's really not tough. It's very different from when I do research papers, for instance. That can be tough because mm-hmm. then you're sometimes investigating stuff which you don't necessarily know a whole lot about. But here, this this felt like revisiting, you know, familiar ground because, but like I said, I've read the books so many times that. I, I mean, don't hold me to this, but I'm pretty sure I can like repeat entire sections of the book without having a teleprompter. So I enjoyed the process. I, I did read all the books and I watched some of the movies too. In fact, I watched all the movies, but th- this particular book, I've focused more on the material from the books mm. because the movies, they, you know, they divert quite a lot from the uh, from the book series so I, I wanted to keep it sort of pure that makes a lot of sense because you can maybe have slightly different character arcs from a book and a movie and if you're trying to illustrate your point you need to use the best material there so I imagine like you know the books were the main source but obviously there is a lot of the movies are involved and you you do get more character understanding from some of the movies as they focus a bit more on some you know certain characters than the books do Mm -hmm. but that's really interesting I just I just hope you can can you still enjoy them the books and the movies now without thinking about oh this is an example of charismatic leadership or this is teamwork can you still enjoy them oh oh yes of course so personally I enjoy it I mean even if I can connect it with a particular leadership concept or a theory I, I still enjoy it, and in fact, it makes it, you know, doubly enjoyable for me when I can connect it back with something that I teach or research on. But uh, uh, you know, I, I think the point about uh, let's say someone reads my book and then he goes back, he or she goes back and watches a movie or reads the one of the Harry Potter books. I think that person will not uh, it will not affect their enjoyment of the books or the movies because you gain additional knowledge but it doesn't detract from the joy part of it so i i think it just uh, you are better able to see situations in different ways but i don't think it will reduce the amount of joy you derive from those books or movies 
Well, that I am very glad to hear then. didn't want you to get sort of Harry Pottered out while you were doing the research for this book. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of, you know, the various leadership qualities, and again, this sort of, def- you know, depends on how a good leader is defined. Who within the franchise probably stands out the most? Maybe give me your top three and why. Oh, yeah, definitely. So the Harry Potter uh, context, I, I think it's really very relatable for for individuals. I mean, you know, you might have people say, oh, it's all about magic and wizardry and giants and dragons and all of that, all those impossible things. But if you take those away, the people involved in the wizarding world, you have real life exemplars of that. So, for instance, take someone like Cornelius Fudge. So when we, you know, first get introduced to him, he, he sounds like a benevolent, you know, like a, almost like an uncle of sorts, you know, like a nice, friendly uncle. But then as the series progresses, he becomes increasingly paranoid. And we can see that in real life leaders. You know, someone gets elected on a particular premise. Mm. And then over time, slowly their, uh, their love for the, you know, the power, their love for the chair, be it prime minister, president, whatever, that takes over them. And then they start doing uh, negative things. Uh, consider someone like uh, Dolores Umbridge, who is, you know, uh, personally, I think she is the worst character in the entire series. I mean, mm-hmm. in terms of villainy, I think she was much worse than Voldemort himself. But uh, you have real life Umbridges all over. You know, people that uh, are prejudiced and they, you know, they discriminate against other people who are different from them or uh, things like that. So so I, I think in terms of leadership qualities, you can pick out different leadership qualities from different characters. You can pick out the good leadership qualities from individuals like, I mean, Harry himself, uh, Hermione, Professor McGonagall. Neville, and then you can pick out the negative qualities also. His uh, leadership, you know, you, you can have both positive and negative qualities. The negative qualities, all the Death Eaters, you know, like all of them, Malfoy and Crab, Goyle, all of them, uh, Voldemort himself. Uh, and then, of course, we, uh, I should not forget to uh, mention Gilderoy Lockhart. You have a lot of incompetent people out there who mm-hmm. somehow have taken on positions of power, be, be it in an organization or be it in a, you know, in a country or a, a state or or, or or whatever context you can think of. So uh, in terms of leadership qualities, pick a leadership quality and you will find an individual from the visiting world that will exemplify that. So uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to pick one particular individual, but um, like uh, leadership growth, for instance, if if I think about that, yeah. the person that best exemplifies that is Neville, Neville Longbottom. Mm-hmm. So when we, you know, when we first get introduced to him, he he's very, he's very, I mean, you wonder why is he in the Gryffindor house? Because he's so scared and, you know, but then over time he develops and he flourishes into a very fine leader. So I, th- I think that, uh, uh, Neville, he really exemplifies what I believe is the biggest principle in uh, leadership. You know, uh, leadership 
is something that you can hone, that you can improve, and you can become a better leader by understanding more about what exactly goes into leadership. That's a really great example, actually, because you're right, he does start off, you wouldn't think, oh, Neville's going to be, you know, a great leader. I mean, he might be a bit of a reluctant leader, Mm -hmm. but he certainly, you know, just, you know, especially was the, the later stages really demonstrates, you know, that he, he has those really, really good qualities and people start to, you know, they, they used to mock him almost. And now they're, they're following him and he's, yeah, becomes a bit of a hero. He's actually one of my favorites. Oh yeah. No, no, he, he, yeah, he is very, yeah, he's pretty awesome. <laughs> so this is, this is, you know, a bit more subjective, but who, Within the franchise, do you relate to the most at a personal level, just out of interest? Mm, I thought about this quite a bit. So, so again, like I, I love so many of the characters in this book. There are elements of Harry that I really relate to because I love how Harry is so accepting of you know people, uh, goblins, elves, or whatever the case be. So I, I love that because I, I, I personally think that I am able to relate to uh, individuals like from various backgrounds and I can get along with like almost everyone. So I guess Harry, I can relate to him at a certain level. And then I can also relate to Lupin and Dumbledore. They're both you know great teachers and professors. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that they are so kind. So th- that is something I... I, I try to f- practice myself. So when I'm teaching or instructing anything, I try to be kind. Um, if someone needs an extension or something for an assignment, I I don't dock points for you know late submissions and all of that. I try to do what Dumbledore or uh, Lupin would do. So I, I, I guess uh, character-wise, I suppose these three are uh, they're they're my personal favorites. So. I, I guess I would uh, relate to them. And I also relate to Ron a little bit in that uh, Ron's sense of humor. I, I love that. I mean, that's uh, that is one of the things I really uh, disliked about the movie series in comparison with the book series is that the movie series, they, they did away with Ron's sense of humor. They almost made him like, a, like the butt of the jokes in the movies. As opposed to in the books where he was the one delivering the jokes. Yeah, so I guess those four characters. Another question that I had was, you know, obviously like Harry is seen as a leader, but he also gets quite a lot of preferential treatment. And, you know, you see that in the workplace, you see that in schools with certain students and stuff. So how do you think that shaped his leadership? qualities you know i i don't think he really got preferential treatment throughout the series because to start off uh, his childhood was very miserable i mean his uh, uncle and aunt and cousin they were very horrible to him throughout his childhood so he grew up in a very you know miserable sort of environment i mean he was he was not i guess he was not severely abused but it was very abusive. I mean, he had to live in a what in a in a little room by the staircase, like the closet by the staircase. That, and the only time they actually got him to go into a bedroom was when the 
owl first appeared. So, and then even in school, the teachers, most of them were kind to him with the exception of uh, Snape. But I think book four onwards, book five, he was treated very poorly by Umbridge and, you know, the mm-hmm. ministry. They kept publishing all those hit pieces against him. So I don't, I don't know if it was uh, completely preferential to towards Harry. Because I, I think he got to experience a bit of both. But to your point about preferential treatment, I think that's an important point because uh, quite often, uh, especially you know, leaders, they sometimes tend to have in groups, mm-hmm. and then that can be that can be great if you're part of the in group. But if you're part of the out group, then that's not such a great thing because then you lose out on preferential treatment. So. You made a good point. And that sort of harks back to, to what you said about, you know, Harry's very accepting, which could be a surprise because, you know, I was just sort of more thinking when he is at Hogwarts, you know, especially maybe his relationship with Dumbledore mm-hmm. and, you know, the, the sort of the, the good professors, the kind professors that we like, McGonagall mm-hmm. um, and, and Lupin, that he probably does maybe get away with things. But, you know, yes, obviously regarding how he had to live, under the stairs, it's surprising that he is maybe as pleasant as he is with everyone. So, you know, that's a good a good um, counter there. I really appreciate that. So, obviously, the, the book is out and, you know, it's like I said, it's fairly short. Do you feel like, you know, there's, there's still more movies? Do you feel there could be another one in the pipeline? Do you mean another book on Harry Potter? Around the Wizarding World, yep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think multiple books could be written, like multiple <laughs> scholarly books uh, based on this. For, for instance, like this particular book, I've, I've sort of provided a brief sort of introduction to the various topics in leadership. But uh, I mean, honestly, I, I mean, I could write a book entirely on charismatic leadership and use the Harry Potter context for that. Or I could write a book on servant leadership. And, you know, again, so it's a deeper dive into selected leadership topics that that is, you know, that is very possible. So, yeah, I, I think multiple books could be written. That's a fair point, actually. And then just obviously, there's a couple of chapters I wanted to highlight. And, you know, you, you tell me like a little bit more about them. So I want to talk about chapter three, a bit more about the cognitive and emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And how do you use an examples for that? Emotional intelligence. I think uh, there are several characters. Harry himself, uh, in the beginning, he wasn't actually very emotionally intelligent. Like if, if you remember uh, around, uh, you know, so in the Order of the Phoenix, that particular book, at the beginning, Harry's all angry and he's lashing out and he's uh, he, he's not very emotionally intelligent at that particular point but then he grows to improve his uh, sense of uh, emotional intelligence but uh, i think um one of the people that is really very good in emotional intelligence is uh, hermione granger and it's, mm-hmm. it's it's quite it's quite brilliant actually because she is gifted in cognitive intelligence and she's also gifted in emotional intelligence, which is 
which is why, I mean, it's right. if speculation is to be believed, I think she will become the Minister of Magic at some point, mm. which is you know, perfect. I mean, it's sort of like the best possible combination. Uh, if you contrast it with uh, Cornelius Fudge, for instance, I mean, the, the guy, he had some cognitive intelligence, but his emotional intelligence just got destroyed after he you know, became so paranoid. So, uh, yeah, I, I think Hermione Granger is uh, definitely uh, someone who exemplifies both forms of intelligence, cognitive and in, uh, emotional. Yeah, I think you've really hit the nail on the head there. No, I, I agree there. So, you know, you, ha- you have an epilogue. To wrap this up, basically, it's, you know, there are so many examples. And I think it's important to remember just because it's set within a magical and fantasy world, so many of the examples that you use with the characters are, are actually so relatable as you said everyone has had a Dolores Umbridge in their life at some point whether that be (laughs) when you were at school or you know even in the workplace I just wanted to highlight that yes there is magic there is wizards there is witches there is flying brooms but overall what we see is these really as you say really good examples of you know these themes such as charismatic leadership, the the good and the bad, you know, ethical leadership, power, persuasion, you know, servant leadership as well. And I I just think it's really important how well that has been captured and how useful this book could be because the way it is set out as well is you don't sort of, like from, from my reading of it, I didn't have to read it sort of like start to finish. I felt you could jump into the individual chapters. You know, if that was something maybe you were wanting to look at authentic leadership, you you could just jump into that that chapter. You know, that's a really good way to write. Oh, yeah, thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I I mean, yeah, you can definitely jump into specific chapters. I think you'll, you'll still get something from, you know, like jumping into specific chapters first and sort of skipping around a bit if you like yeah no that's that's what i i just really really liked about it obviously not just its topic but how you could just you know pick and choose which which sort of chapter you wanted to read because there isn't many books that you can actually do that with and you certainly can't do it with the harry potter books you, you do need to to read them start to finish so that was all the questions i had i really appreciate your time today oh absolutely i'm really happy to see see the book anything else did you wanted to add i hope uh, people enjoy reading the book and I, I really look forward to you know hearing from folks who've read the book I'd, I'd like to see what they thought of the book they, they can feel free to reach out to me thank you thank you ali thanks so much for joining me today i really appreciate it yeah thank you fiona thank you for listening to this episode today i hope you enjoyed it Thanks to my guest Addy and my thanks to Alex at This Is Distorted Studios for producing this podcast.